Welcome to the Growing Your Financial Business, The Woman's Way podcast. I'm Robin Crane, and I was a financial advisor for over a decade. But before that, I was a singer-songwriter. And now, even as a mom of three with a teenager, toddler, and a baby, I run a seven-figure business helping women in financial services grow their businesses and make a bigger impact. In this podcast, I'll bring you financial advisors, industry influencers, and highly successful entrepreneurs to give you innovative strategies designed for women. So get ready to learn how to get in front of the right people, get more ideal clients, and be able to grow your ideal business so you can live your ideal life. Welcome to Growing Your Financial Business the Woman's Way. I'm here with Adri Miller Heckman. And let me tell you about this woman. She has been in the industry her whole career. She's been in the industry over 30 years. She started at Smith Barney. She was a national trainer, training officer. Um, because she was so good at what she did, they asked her to train other advisors, and she trained thousands and thousands of new financial advisors and bank representatives. Um, she's always been focused on helping women specifically when she was building her business to attract more female clients um, and to help women advisors as well today. Um, and so I'm very, very excited to bring her on. She actually, Adri, uh, stopped working, being in the industry, but still as just like I am, we're still pretty much in the industry in a different way, but she left the industry in 2004 and started her own coaching business. And today is the president of FemX Advisors. How'd I do? I get that right? You did great. Thank you. Okay, good. Well, I'm super excited to have you here. I want to tell a little story about meeting you because um, we actually met at the Women's Advisor Summit through Investment yeah. News in New York, not too long ago. I was probably a little less than a year ago. And I've seen your stuff and I've looked up at her stuff. You know, you can see your logo in the back, Femex Advisors. And I'm like, oh, this, this chick is so cool. You know, she helps women. But, you know, like, I'm like, oh, but, you know, we kind of do the same thing. And then, and then uh, we ran into each other at this, uh, at this event. And Adri was like the sweetest woman on the planet. She was like, oh, Robin Crane, I see all your stuff. I love your stuff. And I'm like, I see all your stuff. I love it. I love your stuff. And we could easily be competitors and be like, oh, no, you know, we help the same client, the female advisor, the, the women who are in financial services to grow their businesses. But we never looked at it as competition. And we got excited to meet each other and to collaborate. So I'm very, very honored to have you here and excited to, to work with you in this capacity for this mission to help other women succeed in the financial industry. So thank you so much for being here and being so open to always helping women. I love the energy. You know, I'm more, I've been in the business a long time and you're building something fabulous. So it's so fun to see that, to be able to support another woman. So thanks for having me. Yeah, it's such a pleasure. And I, I know, and that's what you said when we met. It's like, oh yeah, I'm, I'm kind of, you know, I've been in the industry a long time and you're you know, starting out and even though it's just, I don't know, gosh, me, I started, um, what was, we, I started in 2007. So, you know, quite a long time ago, but in this realm in the last five years, like really helping other women in the industry. And so yeah, I'm kind of, I'm the baby here. So I want to learn from you your, and, and get your expertise Tell me a little bit more about your background and how you got into this. And, and let's talk about, since we know a little about like the, the, the fact that you were at Smith Barney, but what made you transition to wanting to be out of the business and then to help other people who are actually still in the, in the business? Because that leap is, kind of, is really interesting to me. Before I became a financial advisor, I was a, a registered assistant. I always worked for million-dollar producer. So I really didn't have a network to pull from. And when I went through three weeks of training in Hartford, I came back and I knew exactly who I wanted to help. And I wanted to help women like my mom. And these were very successful um, women 
who had a lot of money, but had no understanding as to how to manage their money. And my mother always felt incapable of learning simply because she couldn't learn it my dad's way. That became my mission. Like you, Robin, I was a, I was actually a single mother. I had three little kids under the age of 11. I remember thinking, oh my God, why don't I just take a job with a salary of 75000 and be done with this? It wasn't the right way. So I remember I actually borrowed $30,000 out of my 401k. And when you borrow that money, you say, I'm going to do it my way. I'm going to sink or swim. That's amazing. So I want to go back to that for a second. So, so the defining moment for you, you had to borrow 30,000 out of your own 401k. And I had a similar experience. I, I don't think I had any money to take out of a 401k, but as an advisor, um, I had to go into a lot of debt and borrow from credit cards. I'm like, thank you, credit cards, you know? Um, and in the feeling uh, as an advisor to, to do that. And, and I had the exact same thought that you said, like, why don't I go get a job and just make 75 grand like, right. 75 grand to me was like, Oh, like the most money I could ever imagine. You know, I never made that much money in my life at the time as an advisor. And instead I decided to embark on this journey of being an entrepreneur as a female advisor and grow my own book of business and went way into debt. I was over $47,000 in debt at one point. Um, in order to do that. So what, what was it? Because I think there are probably a lot of women listening that have had that thought, like, should I go get a job? And, and maybe some of you, you know, have a job, maybe you have, uh, you're at a bank and it's more like salary or maybe salary plus, plus bonuses or commission. But even that is like, you built your own destiny, but what made you decide to stay as really as an entrepreneur, where it was your control and your decisions that were going to really create your own financial destiny? You know, I think there are two factors here, right? One is for me, I was always a competitor. I was a high-level athlete till I was 27, um, competing in volleyball. And there was nothing I couldn't do, right? Um, but this is a hard job. It's a very, very difficult job because it's not defined, right? But what happens when you make that commitment like you did, like I did, is you go, you're not even, you, you, you're no longer on the fence. You are committed. It's the same concept when you invest in coaching for yourself, right? Free coaching is never going to get to where you want to go because you're not really committed. Right. You have to actually step in and make a sacrifice that makes this so important to you that you are determined not to fail, right? But the other factor is for women advisors, you know, we're brought into this industry as, you know, I do a skit, the peacocks and the penguins. We are these beautiful peacocks with all these feathers and we, we flow and we're, joint, we're, we're entering the land of penguins and the penguins want us to see, succeed, but they only know how to be a penguin. You will never succeed the way you want to if you're constantly trying it and going about it the way the penguins do, because we're not penguins. And so sometimes you need these defining moments to say, screw it, I'm gonna do it my way because if I'm going down, I'm going down my way. Right? If I'm going to fail, I want to know 
that I put every ounce of my being into this. And that's when you succeed. It's inevitable because the commitment is so great. You know, you've been there. Yeah, absolutely. I used to say, because I, when I started as an advisor a couple years in, I was, you know, of course, struggling and struggling. I say, of course, because I, I assume most people had to go through that struggle um, and, you know, was very, very broke, if you will. And, um, and then I started doing money coaching and I was charged, like I was doing that kind of as, as, as a way to help them in, in a, which I felt was much more substantial the way I was good at helping people around their beliefs and behaviors because the, the people I was working with, I was 29 years old. And so I was working with a lot of parents of young kids. And so it wasn't that their problems were just that I don't have insurance, you know, of course, and it's never that that's never the real problem, right? The problem was that they weren't communicating well with their partner or they, they were, um, you know, they felt like they were a bad example on their kids or they were going in debt, even though they made hundreds of thousands of dollars living in the Silicon Valley. That's where I was at the time. Um, and then, so I did money coaching as, as, like a compliment to all the financial services that I was doing. And I started to get to a point where I charged higher and higher fees. Like to, okay, I was charging a thousand, then I was charging 2,500, then I was charging 5,000, then 7,500. And I remember um, thinking that like when they, when they finally made that commitment, because you said about if you do free coaching, like that's not really going to get you where you want to be. But I used to say that when they write the big fat, fat check, when they write the big fat check, half the work Got is it. done for you. Half the work is already done for you because then they were fully committed, right? So commitment is huge and that's everything. And, and it's so important, like when we're talking about women having success in the final financial industry, like you said, if you're going to go down, like, and I've talked to so many women who are on the fence or thinking like, I don't know if I want to be in this industry. I don't know if I want to be a business owner. I, I might just want to go get a job. And I'm like, well, wouldn't you rather just like go out, like you said, like go out strong and like go, go know that you didn't make it or know that you did everything you could to make it and then decide to do something else. But if you go out before you've even done everything you could to make it, right. you're never going to feel whole, right? You're never going to feel that really, truly good about yourself. And there's nothing worse than failing, knowing you never really did it your way. You had an idea of the way it should be, but you keep following this path that isn't working for you. You know, I remember um, when I was in production and I was at the top of my class at Smith Barney and I did want to go into management and they said, well, we'd like to, um, to have you go through management. Uh, what did they call it? It was like an interview process. They have three candidates for management and 15 managers and district managers and they put you through skits and they put you through an evaluation. And my sales manager said, Adri, let me tell you what not to do. He said, when I went through management assessment, I interviewed everybody and I tried to figure out what they want and how to do it. And he said, and when I went through it, I was never myself. And he said, and I didn't pass. Hmm. And he said, that is the most frustrating feeling because you can't do it again. Right? So, one of the keys for women advisors today is you've got to do it your way. And you know, there's this little voice. Now, for you and I, Robin, that voice is a roar, okay? It, 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 it's deafening, right? <laughs> for other women, it's a little voice that's saying, this feels really uncomfortable, but they said we should do it, so I'm going to do it and it's hard work, and it's miserable, but this is what they told us to do, right? And 
it's that roar that forced you and I to get out of the mainstream industry and coach women, right? Because to go through the industry and to be constantly told, no, you can't teach them to speak from their heart. You have to teach them this script. You can't teach women, you know, networking doesn't work because we can't really monitor their activities. If they're cold calling, we've got a report and it tells us exactly how many calls they make. But networking, oh, she's probably out getting her nails done. <laughs> we can't measure that, right? All the industry cares about is numbers. And to be honest with you, all you should care about is your numbers. And if you do your business right, the numbers become the bonus of doing meaningful work your way. But the reality is I, I, I can't go into it. I'm not good in corporate. I'm just not, right? You aren't either. I know that. We're like I've never had a corporate job ever, ever. I've never had actually a real job. Um, I, I, I worked at a nonprofit organization for like six months. I, I guess that's a real job, but I mean, it was hard to even say it was a real job. I was um, promoting uh, these um, basically trips to Israel, <laughs> actually. And so I was going into, even at the time when I was, I don't know, in my early twenties and I was, I was going into synagogues and talking about these trips. Um, and that wasn't even much of a real job because it was like, I wasn't in an office very often, but anyway, that's uh, that's a whole other story. So, um, but tell me, I want to go back to what you just said, because I, I think that was really great just about your own way and the voice. So, so you said about being uncomfortable, which is, it's just, that's, that's an interesting word because I always tell my clients, you know, everything you want lies outside your comfort zone. Otherwise you'd already. Oh have yeah. It, right. So there's, there's a fine line there though. Right. Because it's like, there's a point where you feel out of alignment with what they're telling you to do out of alignment. Right. And it feels uncomfortable because it's maybe it's not in alignment for what, uh, uh, like with what you believe and what you feel is true to you. And there's something that's just uncomfortable because it makes you feel like you might be judged. And that's a huge distinction. I think because what oftentimes when we feel uncomfortable, they're like, Oh, I feel uncomfortable asking for the referral, or I feel uncomfortable with this and this and this. And some of those things are good things to do and being uncomfortable is a good thing to do. But if it's out of alignment, it's something different, right? So yes. you see that distinction and can you touch upon that? Like of how, how do we know what inner voice we listen to or not? Is it fear? Is it really just fear that's saying, Hey, don't do that because you're scared of being judged because that's probably the number one thing that women are afraid of and maybe dudes, but I don't think so. I think mostly women were really afraid of the judgment. What are people going to think of me? And you might disagree with that. But what is, how do we know that voice isn't just a fear of judgment or it's actually something where, that's out of alignment with what we feel is right that maybe as a peacock, right, we should do something differently versus like everybody else, right, or the men in the well, industry. You know, I think, um, you know, most of the women advisors I coach, I don't know, um, you, you get the same, right? You get brand new advisors, you get seasoned advisors, and then you get new advisors who are seasoned women, right? Who come from another area. And I think we all know, let me give you an example. When I'm coaching a client and we're really getting, as you call it, aligned, right? I call it getting in the vortex. When you're hey, in the you vortex, <laughs> what's that? 
Abraham Hicks style. Is that from Abraham Hicks? That's right. I love and Abraham so Hicks. So when you're in the vortex, you know exactly where you're going and decisions come easy, okay? I know when I'm not in the vortex, I've got um, chaotic vibrations. When I sit down to write and I can't get something to write or I feel disoriented or I can't seem to figure out where I should be focused. That is an indication that I'm what you would call out of alignment, right? So I have to pull back and do that. Now, the reality is when I'm coaching an advisor and we've made strides and then their company says, we're doing this big conference with all these speakers. And I'm like, oh, kill me. Because what's going to happen is this woman who I've been coaching is getting really centered, really focused, is going to go to this conference, hear all these ideas and come back. And now I've got to rein her in again. Right? Because it's not the ideas. I mean, ideas are good, but the filter must be what is my mission? What is my purpose? And who do I really want to help? And when you stay focused on that, and you can't just write it and create it and put it in the drawer. You have to live it. You have to breathe it. You have to repeat it. You have to say it. It's like changing. It's a paradigm shift in your brain, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And if you're listening and you don't know Abraham Hicks, by the way, look, look her up because that's a law of attraction stuff. Look them up, I guess it is. But law of attraction stuff, which is, I say stuff as if it's like, oh, no big deal. But it's everything. And we have a whole other podcast because I, now that I know that you're into law of attraction, oh, my goodness. And, you know, Adrian, you talked about your kids. And we haven't talked about my kids. And, oh, my, if I talk about manifesting and, and things that I've manifested in my life, like, that'll take us down a rabbit hole. That Unbelievable, we'll, right? We'll just plant the seed for a, a comeback podcast around manifesting and, and that sort of thing. But it is something that you want to train your mind you want to be listening. You want to tune into the radio, right? That is, is in the vortex, which means really kind of almost in the zone, you know, almost like with, yeah, it's, it's all the same thing. It's just easy. And it's flowing and it's easy. Yeah. And, and I think also there's another point to that is that it's not just that information might not be, let's call it in the vortex or in alignment with you. Right. But it's also the fact that, you know, I've heard this from someone like a confused mind says no and does nothing. You know, confused mind says no and does nothing. So here's a woman who you're working with. She's getting in the zone or getting in the vortex, getting in alignment. Like she's like, this is what I know is true for me. This is who I help. This is how I help. This is the impact I make, all those things. And then you go into this conference and we can all envision oh. a conference and like men in suits, you know, walking around like in the speakers, like all talking about the same stuff and, and all these things. And it's not that it's not good. But it's confusing because now you just got all this information from you, let's say, from Adri, and then here comes all this other information. And I, I've talked about this, like with there's three saboteurs to your business. Number one, of course, it's you, right? You are the biggest saboteur <laughs> in your business. I actually do, I have this mantra or this, this incantation I do when I, when I have events, um, which is pretty often, less often these days. But, and I go, please God, work through me to provide as much value as humanly possible to get these women out of their own way so they can have everything they want. So the number Absolutely. one saboteur is you because I want to get you out of your own way. We're trying to get women out of their own way so they can have everything they want. The second saboteur is 
your loved ones because your husband, your mom, your friend, they just want to keep you safe, right? So they don't want you to take risks. God forbid you don't, you fail in the industry. You don't make it or something. And, oh, that feels really sad. And you cry. Oh my goodness. Wow. What doesn't kill you makes you stronger, right? Like, hey, that's real. So I'm like, that's good. Let I'm, I'm cool with you having adversity. I'm cool with you failing. That's okay. So like, watch out for those loved ones who are trying to keep you safe and, and, and without risk because it's hurting you. And the third one, and this is what I'm coming to because you're reminded me of this is other coaches or other mentors or other ideas because it's not even that they're wrong it's just that when you are on one thing and you commit to that one thing let's assume everything Adri teaches you is amazing it's spot on or not and you follow it okay if it doesn't work for you guess what you course correct right you find something different you course correct but it's a course correction it's a little thing it's not like you now go you know put on the brakes and start Right. It, it's the path that you're on. You stay on this path instead of going, oh, here are five other paths. Yeah. And then you get, if you get those five other paths, even if they're right and they're good and they're proven and all these things are proven, whatever, but it, it, you, st- you step along, you get off the track, and now, you're, now you've fallen because you're not still. So I'm going to suggest, and I, I think your coaching model is very similar to mine, right? And the coaching model is very reflective of those three things, right? First, our number one job is to get you, it's almost like to throw white paint on this canvas. Forget everything the industry has taught you. Now let's rebuild from here, right? That's totally getting them out of their comfort zone. But it's that constant connection with this group over a long period of time that is absolutely critical, right? It's not just you coaching them, but it's them in this environment with other women, even in your workshops, that it's reinforcing, reinforcing. It almost has to become this capsule where this is where you get your ideas. This is where you stay, and it takes a year. It takes a while to own it. And I think you talked about feeling like you're not pleasing people. You talked about being judged. Mm -hmm. Look, I've been judged. I've been tried to push out of the end, being pushed out of the industry. I've dealt with all that. And every time you deal with something negative, it's basically a little border. It's, it's like you're in bumper cars, right? And God or the universe puts these rubber boundaries around the outside. So you bump into it and you come back. You bump into it and you come back. So every time you deal with a negative like that, it's leading you back here to say, I'm not dealing with that BS, Right. I'm going to do it my way. And you truly have to hold your breath and go for it. Just hold your breath and say, well, most of my clients have well over a million dollars. Okay. It worked. (laughs) That's awesome. That's awesome. I love that. So tell me, what do you think is the one big thing? If you can tell, like, here's my big takeaway. Like if you can give them one thing, what is the one big thing that you think works the best for women specifically? That's a hard question, Audrey. It's a very hard question because 
it's, it's a number of things. I would say this, if you're, if you're, if what you're doing feels like work, then you're headed down the wrong path. You're headed down the wrong path. Now, understand that this business is taxing. It's taxing in a good way because you're constantly challenged. You're constantly challenged. But I loved what I did. I hosted events twice a month. I knew I couldn't work nights. I knew I couldn't work weekends. I had kids. And so I hosted events twice a month, and those events energized me. I don't care if I, and I didn't want a room full of 30 people. I only wanted 10 women. Even if I had two women, it energized me. And so really looking at your business and saying, you know, something doesn't feel right. And then find a coach, and this isn't about promoting coaching, but the reality is find a coach who speaks you and commit to it 150%. Go for it, no matter how scary it might be, no matter how challenging it may look, what you're going to find is everything becomes easier. But you're never going to succeed if... This job is miserable. If you're miserable. Absolutely. And I mean, it's truly, but I think what's beautiful about this industry, I mean, it's an incredible business model, first of all, right? you know, because we left it and we're like, damn, you guys get so much recurring revenue. I wish I had that, you know, <laughs> it's like the coaching business doesn't have quite the recurring revenue model like you do. Um, but it's, it's, it's so important to build your ideal business so you have your ideal life because you have the ability with the business model, but you it's have an unbelievable opportunity. There's no glass ceiling. There's no glass ceiling. So there's so much you can do to succeed. And even though it's hard, because like you said, it doesn't mean it's not going to be hard, but if it doesn't feel, if it feels miserable, that's not, that's not what we're going for. That's not going to get right. you where you want to be. And it's, and it's also, why would your brain help you, you know, why would you in your unconscious mind try to keep you in something that's going to be miserable? You know, it's like, it doesn't feel survivable, right? So like, it's just going to look for a way out. Like, instead of like finding the, the few things, even if it's right now, when they're difficult times and things are, things have changed and it's hard and you got to do, you know, you got you to do things differently and you got to find better ways and you've got to stretch and you got to keep putting yourself out there. I mean, this is the world we live in with social media, which, you know, I know there's compliance and so don't bring that up, but, but, you know, yeah, we work around compliance. There's, there's always know? a workaround. There's so much, and there's things you can say out of your mouth, but um, I'm, I'm just saying like, we gotta, you know, everyone's got to find a way to like get focused on the things that are great. What are the things that you love doing in this industry? Why'd you even get in the industry? Because you got in it because you care about helping people. You know, I'm talking to the listeners here right now, yes. um, but you got into the industry to help people and to make a bigger impact. And so for you to be able to do that, you have to succeed. You have to have more success. You have to make more money. You got to help more people. So um, I, have, I have one other question before we, you know, I definitely want to make sure. And I have one money. question for you. Oh, okay. Well, let's do that first then. Okay. So we all know this is difficult. Um, when you were first in the business and it was tough, what kept you motivated? Helping people. Just knowing that I had truly was here to help people. That's it. 
okay so what so you loved what you did but there are days where you had no energy was there anything external like like i would go i was in the market in california so at one o'clock i could leave the office go for a run and i'd listen to zig ziglar or brian tracy or tony robbins i didn't listen to you know they used to say oh you need to be on the rookie call on tuesday night uh no right and i knew that yeah i'm supposed to sometimes i would comply but that wasn't going to help me i needed to uncover my own ideas i needed to be self-motivated that had a massive impact now you have coaching you have coaches with webinars and stuff to keep you motivated was there anything like that that you did was it books was i it did tony i did tony robbins actually so i mean i actually um i was really struggling in the industry i mean it wasn't that long into that i had been in the industry and i mean i i remember you know saying in the first few months um i remember just like crying on the phone to my friend just saying i hit a wall i mean i hit a wall and i was like oh my god i hit a wall and my friend was like literally like you really hit a wall and i'm like no i don't mean it literally i just i mean i can't do this anymore you know i'm working like 80 hours a week i'm like you know doing all the things they tell me i'm like calling all my friends and family i'm like it feels awkward it sucks like this is not i i can't do this i can't do this i can't you know this horrible mantra the exact opposite of what we want to say with law of attraction right and I had all this negative banter inside my head. And then, and I felt like I was complaining a lot, even in my office, you know, to my managers and whatnot. Um, and surprisingly enough, I actually had female managers, which is really, really unusual, very, very unusual, but they were still feeding me the BS of the male the penguin model. They were, they were taught the penguin model. Yeah, exactly. So I had someone came into the office and luckily someone else in my office, like my manager, um, supervisor had done Tony Robbins stuff. And they, they were like, basically this guy comes in and pitches Tony Robbins stuff. And I was like, that sounds cool, but I don't have the money for that. Like, there's no way I can do that. And at the time it was 500 bucks, but I'm like, I, I just paid for my license. It'd been a few months. I don't know. And I was like, you know what? The, in the end, I decided to do it. And the reason I did it, which is kind of embarrassing, but the reason I did it was because I I felt judged. This is going back to what I was saying earlier. Like I thought if I didn't do it, I would not be able to complain. And I felt like my, like all the things that I was saying weren't working because I was going to my supervisor going, Oh, I'm doing it. But it's not working. I'm like complaining. I'm like, if I don't at least go to what they're telling me to go to this Tony Robbins event, then if I say that, they're just going to be like, Oh, you should have gone to the Tony Robbins event. And so I was like, I'm going to this stupid event, you know? And so I go to this Tony Robbins event, you know, my, my arms are crossed. I'm like, I don't know about this. I never heard it. Law of attraction. I never thought I had go oh, my dad. I mean, I never knew what personal growth was none of that stuff I, I mean I was always like kind of a go-getter and athletic and like similarly played volleyball yeah. and things and so we have that kind of drive right to succeed I think a similar drive to be you know successful even in, in athletics and whatnot but um but I had no idea and it it blew my mind blew yeah. my mind I mean I remember leaving that event driving home you know and call I called my brother and I was like oh my gosh I control my own destiny like I didn't even know that I had control everything was happening to me nothing was happening for me and when tony robbins said you know things don't happen to you things happen for you i was like hmm, light bulb like what yeah. like, really so that for sure i mean had a huge impact on my mindset and what i believe to be true unfortunately it still took me years before i started to make money because i didn't have the systems and strategies to my take years Period. yeah <laughs> well so i was still in debt for a very long time but i at least knew what was possible and that belief of what was possible and to believe at least a belief. little bit in myself Yes. Believe. 
belief a little bit in myself uh, really compelled me to keep going and to know that the path of being able to help people in this regard, even though I felt stupid, even though I didn't feel like I was enough, even though I felt like, who am I to teach people about money when I was broke, you know, or, or I am broke, you know, at the time I was like, who am I to help people with high net worth clients when I have no money and I'm in debt, but you know, um, but I had the belief that if I can help them, regardless of my situation, yeah. then it's worth it. And so, yeah, that, that was a huge, I mean, total, total defining moment for me. Um, and those type of things still are like, we keep learning, right? We keep growing. We keep like, we both have coaches. Like you don't stop. I'm in a mastermind. I'm sure you're in things like this. You know, it's like, you can't stop if you want to keep going to the next level. And this, this idea of people doing it on their own is, is crazy to me. Or even going interested within yeah, it the crazy. Of, of what you're given in the industry and just assume it's like this cookie cutter model that's going to work for everyone, especially women when there's such a small percentage of women in the industry it's ridiculous that anyone believes that even for a moment. <laughs> you know, in our day, the motivational, um, I used to use little cassettes. There were no women. There were no women. So everything we were learning was based on the way the male brain works. But our brain does not work, right? My husband can lie down and go to sleep. And my brain is going, Wah! Right? He can, he'll say, just focus on the golf ball. How do I focus on the golf ball? I forgot to call my daughter. Blah, blah, blah. Oh, yeah. Crazy. And these are biological differences. And so now you've got so many motivational Oprah, and you've got to stay connected to, you have to believe in yourself, right? And you have to be in tune with yourself to know this is not me. Like you were talking about when you were building it, you were miserable. You know, something's not working here. And it's not the script and it's not the system. It's in here. And so you pull back. And that's what being an entrepreneur is, right? An entrepreneur is driven from in here. And every female advisor is truly an entrepreneur. They just don't always act like one. Or, yeah, realize it. Okay, one last question before we give, you know, how to contact you and, and get your, your information. Um, why do you think it's so important to have more women in the financial oh. industry? Well, I think for one, um, women bring a whole new set of skill sets to the industry, Right. But the challenge is, I rem you know, I'll tell you, one of the reasons I got hired, because Smith Barney was sued. There was a huge class action suit of sexual harassment. Smith Barney and Merrill Lynch were both fined, and they were mandated by the courts that 25% of all new hires had to be women. And so Smith Barney, to their credit, raised the bar to 35%. So guess what? All these women are hired. Great opportunity for me. Yeah. The problem is a lot of them failed because the managers did not understand how to help women build a business, right? And so the more women advisors we have, the more successful women will become. And I will tell you this, there are a hell of a lot of men out there financial advisors who don't like the old model prospecting, selling, closing. They don't like it, but they're not going to stand up and say, this sucks because <laughs> they're a penguin. 
but most of them don't like it and the world has changed. So the more we have, women have a stronger influence. Not only is it important for clients because now they have options. Here's a softer approach. Here's a more direct approach, right? But it also raises the bar so that men learn from the women. We've been learning from the men since we were born. Business models were designed around men, by men, so that it works for men. Doesn't always work for women. So now we're gonna create options for every personality to grow their business and be more successful. Love I mean, it. I it's it. a win-win-win. That's great, awesome. So tell, tell the listeners how to find you. What's the best way to find you, Adri? MXAdvisor.com. MXAdvisor.com, okay. MXAdvisor. And your fem is just one M, right? My fem is just one M. Okay, that's important so, because I have female empowered money makers. I got two M's on my fem. Oh, no, We're about the fems here. So fem with one M, advisor.com. Your female advisors create X, Exponential growth. Exponential growth. Beautiful. Um, anything else you want to add? Uh, oh my any- God. We, we could go on for three hours, Robin. Hours. We can do a marathon. <laughs> that would be a cool marathon. You know uh, what I would add? I would add that if the any women advisors that are listening to this understand that there is a totally different way to grow your business. It's not co- competitive like us. It's collaborative, right? It's about sharing. It's about communicating. It's about building stronger relationships. It's about listening to your heart. You've got the brains, but we're out of balance. It's not about being a warrior and being tough and strong. It's about really tapping into the nature and the talents that we have naturally as women and applying that to your business. When you become the female advisor that you were meant to be, you will never retire. It will work around your life and it will, it will almost become like this, right? People say, when are you going to retire? Retire. I love what I do. It energizes me. Why would I retire? Right. Right. When your business is energizing you, that's when you know you're on the right path. Beautiful. Thank you. Thank you so much. That was amazing. And all of you listening out there, thank you so much for joining us. And we'll see you on the next podcast, Growing Your Financial Business, The Woman's Way. Yeehaw. Yeehaw.
This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.